Welcome to Worship Call with Bible teacher Buzz Lawbeck. Buzz is the pastor of Grace Chapel Bible Ministries located in Duncan, South Carolina. This ministry is dedicated to the verse-by-verse teaching of God's Word and discipleship programs aimed at strengthening the faith of God's people. Now here's today's message. Go. There we go. This is the second day of the week in God's created order, December 18th, 2023rd year of our Lord. And we begin this morning with our friend George Witten of WorthyNewsGod.com. said, friends, be a here and a doer. A here and a doer. Matthew 12, 46-50. While you yet talk to people, behold, his mother and his brother stood outside desiring to speak to him. Then one said unto him, Behold, your mother and your brothers are outside, desiring to speak to you. But he answered and said unto him that uh, told him, Who is my mother and who is my brothers? And he stretched forth his hand toward the disciples and said, Behold, my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of the Father who is in heaven, the same is my brother and my sister and my mother. Luke eight, nineteen to 21 They came to him, his mother and his brothers, and they could not reach him for the crowd. And it was told him by some who said, Your mother and your brothers are outside, desire to see you. He answered and said to them, My mother and my brothers are these who hear the word of God and do it. When I teach about understanding the will of God, I'd like to talk about the story that it, uh, that is told and all the synoptic gospels, except that Luke's account gives a significant nuance. Many skeptical Bible critics point out differences in gospels to argue that they can't be reliable, yet it's actually the differences that support the the validity of these accounts because they reveal that, that the events recorded were simply experienced and told from Slightly different viewpoints, a very different, a very common uh, circumstances when people are telling the story. The Gospel of Matthew and Mark give an account that the Lord's mother and brothers arriving to see him and waiting to speak to him, though they were hindered because they were so many people around him. Yeshua takes the opportunity to find a broad new family principle when he says. Whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and my mother and my sister. But Luke's account adds something. Those who hear the word of God and do it. The word of God is going out across the world. And many are hearing it. Those who are acting on what it says are defined as the true family of Yeshua. Friends, here then is another example, uh, another simple approach to living the will of God. Read his word. And don't be a hearer only, but be a doer who acts accordingly to what he hears or reads. If you do, you reveal that you are a close relative of the Son of God. And that's a relationship better than any other in the world. Your Lord, or (laughs) your Lord... Your family in the Lord with much agape love, George Potrevka, Obadiah, and this is, and Elena, and this is another fine day in the Lord. Father in heaven, 
Thank you for this opportunity this morning to fellowship in your word. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your love, your grace, your mercy. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that we continue to teach us the, uh, your word. Help us to follow us. Help give us insights. Open the eyes of our hearts. And these things we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Uh, Tim, thanks for the weekend. It was, it was very special. Enjoyed it. And, um, you know, I look forward to our next visit. Look forward to your visit up here. And, um, and really enjoyed the fire. And, um, and mom enjoyed the weekend. It was, it was just a great weekend all together. Uh, and, uh, so we're coming back to our, we're coming back to the parable of the, uh, king who, um, having, is planning a wedding feast for his son, a wedding, um, and, um, we're looking at the bringing the, the guests together along with the, along in the, uh, the bridal hall, but let's, let's t- pick up with that. We're going to look at, let's look at Matthew, our passage is Matthew 22 as I get my head together here. And, um, and we'll bring this up. Let's see. We'll find it here, folks. Hang on. Here we go. And let me just get us to where we are. And Jesus spoke to them again in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. Um Let's stop right there. We're talking about kingdom. Let's review what we mean by kingdom. A kingdom is one. A kingdom is a realm. A um, Well, first of all, you have three things to be a kingdom. You have to have a realm, a ruler, and a subject. And when we're talking about kingdom, you need to take a look at what context are we speaking of when it comes to a king, uh, when it comes to the kingdom, uh, first kingdom concept began, uh, I, I would say the, of course, I guess the first, we could say the first kingdom concept, we could have a conversation on this. First kingdom concept is going all the way back to the very beginning where you see, uh, in the beginning God. And there is a he- heavenly realm. So in heaven, um, and in heaven there is a realm. There is a ruler. There is subjects. The angelic, the angelic host, the beings, those that worship God, those, and those that don't. Regardless, it's still the realm of, um, the Lord, uh, is still the realm of God and the triune God over everything that's created. And a second person of God is a part of that realm, that, uh, that rulership. Uh, not the realm, but the rulership over that realm. Uh, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And they are the sovereign God in every molecule. And with the creation of how many dimensions there are, um, how many, um, and, and within the dimensions, there could be other kingdoms as well. Kingdoms within the kingdom. But ultimately, the kingdom of God is, is God, as the universal, universal rule of God over his kingdom. Uh, the heavenly kingdom, the the material universe kingdom, uh, the so he is uh, there is there is a um, every molecule is under his rule. There you have 
um, within that, uh, coming up to Genesis 1.26, we won't go to it today, but there is the earthly kingdom. There is the, there is the kingdom, uh, the earthly kingdom, which in Genesis chapter 1.26 and 27, that the Lord says to, uh, the creator of the Lord says to, uh, when he, in creation, he says, let us make man in our own image and let them rule and let them subdue the earth. Um, and so they, so within there, with the worldly kingdom, you had Adam, you had his bride, which is very significant because you're going to have the last Adam and you're going to have the bride of Christ later on. And they were to rule the world. Their headquarters was in Eden. And they were to go out and subdue the world. They were to bring in the world and to, they, to mirror that which is in Eden. Um, we know that from the disciples' prayer. Uh, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, the, the whole earth was still left in its, in, in its formation in the sense that as man was, we see that in Genesis chapter 2, that there was no man to cultivate the earth. And God created the man to answer that. So man was to go out and he was to, with the work of his hands, to, to model the earth as it was in, in Eden. So, uh, so there was the earthly dominion there. Once again, you had a ruler, Adam, you had his bride, they were co-heirs of the kingdom, and there was the world kingdom. And so this was a kingdom within the kingdom. You had the universal kingdom of God, and here's Adam, who bowed a knee. It's kind of like uh, the Suzerain Vassal Treaty, that the world itself was a vassal to the greater king, to the universal kingdom ruled by God. So he was to still pay homage to and and respect and love and uh honor and uh worship to the king of all. Then you have um and then it goes on to the kingdom of Israel. Um it, it, this is the um the kingdom we find the borders there that are the future kingdom of Israel with its temple and with its boundaries that that kingdom there is a kingdom that is that is considered for the Jews theirs the um or they are the subjects the we find that in acts chapter 1 when the disciple when the disciple said is it time to restore the kingdom to Israel and um this is where Jesus tells them it's um it's only the father in heaven you know he's he's the one who sets the time. And um, so they were specifically thinking of Israel, the people of Israel. And and that and Ezekiel talks about the boundaries of of that of that kingdom. And it is a kingdom that um, that completes the the uh, the Davidic and the uh, the Davidic covenant actually and where there where there will be a king uh, from the dynasty of David. And in that kingdom, in that kingdom, it's surprisingly, I believe it's Jeremiah 30, 
and other passages that actually speaks of the king and that kingdom. We, we, I've always taught that it's Jesus, and Jesus is as that last Adam. He rules the world, but this is another kingdom within the kingdom. Um, the uh, that kingdom in Israel, it has borders. It will have a king, but in there there will be David. The resurrected David. There's going to be other kings. All the kings, really. That also brings changes my view on that he's the king of kings and the lord of lords. Because all those kings, all those believing kings from the Old Testament will be resurrected. Solomon will be resurrected. David will be resurrected. The... Um, uh, probably... You know, I, uh, you know, we may, we may even see um, we may see um, Nebuchadnezzar resurrected because I do believe that Nebuchadnezzar was a believer, the, the Babylonian king. So he's going to be the king of kings. These kings are going to be resurrected. But David is going to sit on throne there in Israel, and then there are going to be the uh, the twelve tribes that are going to be ruled by those apostles. Then finally, there's the celestial kingdom. And that celestial kingdom is the one that I believe that we are looking for. Um, it's, it's the, the one that we find in Revelation 22.1. Then he showed me a river of a water of life. The uh, river of the water of life, clear and crystal, coming from the throne of God. And the lamb in the middle of the street on either side of the river was a tree of life bearing 12 kinds of fruit yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves on the tree were for healing of the nations and there will be no longer any curse and the throne of God and the lamb will be in it and his bond servants will serve him and they will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads. And there will be no longer any night, and there will, and they will not have any need of light of the lamp, nor the light of the sun, because the Lord God will illuminate them, and they will reign forever and ever. And he said to me, these words are faithful and true, and, and the Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, sent his angels to show his bond service, the things which must soon take place. And I believe this is the, this is the celestial kingdom. This is the kingdom that actually Abraham was looking for in, in Hebrews 11.9. By the faith, he lived as an alien in the land of promise, as a foreign land dwelling in the tents of Isaac, uh, with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. And he was looking for a city which his foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Okay, so he's looking for a a city that's not built with hands. There's a celestial uh, celestial city coming down out of heaven, and this is, I believe, because we share our faith with Abraham, the kind of faith that a new heaven. Um, and he was looking for this. I think we that's exactly what we are looking for. Same kind of faith, and uh, for we are. But according to the promise, we are, and 
Um, Abraham believed in the promise of God. It was credited to him for righteousness. But according to his promise, we are looking for a new heavens and a new earth where righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, since you look for these things, be diligent and be found in peace and spotless and blameless in regard to the patience of the Lord. And um, so when we're dealing with the king, we have to take a look at the context, what we're talking about. Sometimes we're dealing with with uh, with the celestial kingdom. Sometimes we're dealing with the kingdom of Israel. Uh, we're dealing uh, there. There is the millennial reign of Christ, and um, so when you look in the passage, be careful and look in that. And I'm still work, and I'm still, as I hope you are, working out. Now the thing is, now the the point is. Now, we keep working at it. We keep chewing at it. It's like um, Vernon McGee says that we keep chewing at this and working out. Uh, we're chewing it like a cow who chews his cuds, cud. We're, we're continually working and, and working these things out. What is the kingdom? And, um, and, we, and to this point, I'm not so dogmatic of one or the other. But this thing I am dogmatic about. We do not want to miss it. There is a place. We can figure out the, the kingdoms and, and all that. But the fact is, we are, very bottom line, we are looking for that place where righteousness dwells. We are looking for that place where we are going to be com- a compatible in- environment. An environment by which we are welcomed. You know why Adam and the woman was kicked out of the garden, and it's simple. Uh, I mean, he, my scripture is there because God would not, you know, that lest they eat from the tree of life and live forever. And um, and with that, you see, they cannot live forever in unrighteousness. They cannot live forever in unrighteousness. There's coming a time when the justice of God is coming down against all sin. You know, so that environment was incompatible with fallen creature. So they were exiled from it. We are looking to be welcomed back into a place, into a kingdom of where righteousness dwells. Where there is an authority structure, which is our Lord Jesus Christ. The question, the question for us is, the question for each of us as we look, am I, do I have what it takes, am I wearing the right clothes? And that is going to be for the, um, am I compatible? Will I be compatible for that environment and that kingdom? Will I be welcomed into that kingdom or not? Well, back to our passage in, in Matthew here. And we'll read on to where we at. Kind of a review today. Um, So, uh, by faith, he, I'm not there yet. There we go. So the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a kingdom from, who, who gave a wedding feast, uh, for his son. Also look at that genitive of, this actually can be called the kingdom from heaven. It can be also, um, uh, rather a kingdom of heaven but a kingdom from heaven. And um, 
Well, so we may very well be talking about the celestial, and I believe we are. We're talking about the, not the end of the tribulation. Right now, I'm, I'm looking at this is the end of the millennium. Because in the millennial, there, there will be believers and unbelievers. There will still be those. The, the invitation will be still going out to the Gentile nations, inviting them in to be a part of the, um, to be a part of the celestial kingdom. Alright, and to bring them into being as guests to the wedding feast. Alright. And they sent out slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding feast and they were unwilling to come. Uh, we talked about the 70 who were sent out by Jesus to go to the towns, to the, just to the lost sheep, not to Gentiles, but to the lost sheep of Israel. And, um, and they were refusing to come. And uh, they were unwilling to come. Verse 4. Again, he sent out other slaves saying, Tell those who have been invited. Behold, I have prepared my dinner, or my dinner and my oxen and my fat livestock and all the butchered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. Almost begging. Almost, the king is a benevolent king. He's almost begging them to come. You know, he wants to honor his son. Come on, we've, I've got everything prepared. You're going to like this party. But, and this is paramount to the, this is a picture of the, 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 the apostles going out, the apostles who laid the church, who, who, uh, who brought this message out. And, um, so here we go, but they paid no attention and went their way. One to his own farm. Another to his business. The rest seized the slaves and mistreated them and killed them. The king was enraged and he sent his armies. See, with the apostles out there, the message was still, um, still in that geographical area. And, um, and so the temple was still up. Jews were still worshiping in the temple they, for those next 40 years after the, uh, Jesus had been uh, had been ascended into heaven and um, the message was still going out the message was still going out to the Jews but they mistreated the apostles all of them died except for John from um, being martyred and uh, but the king was enraged and as a result the king was enraged and he sent his armies and destroyed those murderers and set the city on fire AD 70 then he said to his slaves the wedding is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. So the gospel went out to the Jew first, and then to the Greek. Go therefore to the main highways, and as many as you find there, invite to the wedding feast. So, the the message is different now. The message, this message was, remember from the very beginning, it was repent for the kingdom from heaven is at hand. That king, that kingdom that was promised to the Jews, that, polit- that geopolitical kingdom um, that was promised to fulfill the promises of David um, and um, and Abraham, that Abraham would have a nation, um, a nation of people. So now the invitation goes out, and and the gospel, the gospel is this: is that. Jesus Christ, the, the good news is that Jesus Christ provides eternal life for those that trust in him for it. John the Baptist and Luke um, sent a message to Jesus. 
Uh, I'm thinking, um, let's see, let me find that, John. Luke seven eighteen. Let's go to there for a moment. The disciples of John report to him about all these things, summoning up two of his disciples. John sent them to the Lord saying, Are you the expected one? Or are are we, or do we look for someone else? When the men came to him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you to ask, are you the expected one? Or do we look for someone else? And um, I'll just leave it right there. So some some treat this as John the Baptist being, you know, kind of weakening in his faith. But the Jews actually saw them um, saw two different people. They they expected two different people, two different um, people sent by God. One, um, someone who was the Messiah, and the other was a redeemer. And I believe at this point that John's asking, "Are you that? Are you that redeemer?" I believe John John still believes that this is the Messiah. And and he's not thinking that okay, uh, you know, all's lost there. I think he's he's very much there. But um, at this point, he's not sure, or he's contemplating things in the prison, and he's thinking, is this the same person, or are we expecting another one? This is the Messiah, but are we expecting a redeemer? We have our redeemer, and our redeemer died upon the cross. And the message that's going out to the nations, the invitation that's bringing the guest in, is the to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, that Jesus did the work upon the cross, and we'll get more in this to, in, in the morning, um, Lord willing. That Jesus did the work upon the cross, that in order that we might become uh, righteousness in Him. That kingdom, listen, whatever kingdom it is, the um, the Jewish the Jews can be, have for a fulfillment of their of their kingdom and receive the kingdom. The earl the earthly kingdom can be restored. Satan can go. Satan can be sent to the abyss and to the eternal lake of fire, and we can inherit the whole world. And what does Jesus say? What does it profit a man to inherit the whole world and yet lose his own soul? But the fact is, uh, so, if it, the work upon the cross was not complete, the kingdom would be an awful, lonely place. And what good would it to even live a thousand years, a life of longevity on this earth? Because that, that life is even fleeting. To die and go to hell. So here it is that John, John's looking for a, um, he's not sure if the, the two are in one. I'm back. So Jesus spoke 
to them um, again in parables. And um, so the message that's going out to the world is not in the preparation for the kingdom, but it's the invitation, the telling of Christ, the redemption, the salvation is at hand. And those that respond in this age, those that respond, enter into a the family of God, the marriage of God, with a heavenly with a heavenly heavenly promises. Our spiritual, our um, as Ephesians said, Paul says in Ephesians that we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Those that are trusting, we were receiving the Holy Spirit as our mentor and our teacher. We're given so many divine attributes. We share in the inheritance. We share in the sonship. We are in Christ. He is in us. Um, we have the righteousness of God. So the, the, what, um, for the church age believer, the, the blessings are staggering, and that's the good news that's going out to the world. So we're not looking, uh, and well, yes, we are looking for a kingdom, but that kingdom that we are looking forward to goes beyond the, this current heavens and the earth to the celestial kingdom. Let's see, so... Matthew twenty two eleven through 14. But when the king came in to look over the dinner guests, he saw a man there who was not dressed in wedding clothes. Uh-oh. And he said to him, Friend, how did you come in here without wedding clothes? And the man was speechless. He didn't have nothing to say about it. He had no defense like that. Let me see what that word from speechless is. Put to silence. He, this was a rhetorical question. This was, uh, this was a, uh, a, a, the man would have no appropriate answer for what was the question that was presented. Then the king said to, to the servants, bind him, him, hand and foot, and throw him into the outer darkness, in the place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. And that's where we're going to pick up tomorrow on that passage. Uh, this was a review of last week, basically, but uh, we're looking at the, um, now we're going to see those that we're going to look at tomorrow will be discrimination. Because the ultimate in all discrimination, look at it like this. The world says that the biggest sin is discrimination. That's the world speaking. But God is a great discriminator. From the very beginning, when he separated light from the darkness, he's going to do that once again. Those uh, from the righteous from the unrighteous. Those that have the right garments will be welcomed into the kingdom. Those without, well, no. Father in heaven, thank you for this time together this morning. We pray, Heavenly Father, that God the Holy Spirit will enlighten us to the things that we continue to study. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for joining us. You can hear this message again, as well as previous lessons, and get notes by visiting us online at www.gchapel.org.